um, I gave you a little book today, and um, this is from Triage. Uh, let me tell you a little background. Some of what I shared, even with some of the breathing uh, and all of that. Um, when I was about 48, I was introduced to, uh, we were pastoring in the high desert, and I was introduced to a woman by the name of Mary Mitchell. And um, when I met with her, I'd gone through quite a bit in our former pastorate. We'd had a satanic case in our church, and it had world, I mean, it had national recognition. It was a really ugly deal. And We'd had a number of other circumstances happening in our pastorate that had been pretty difficult. And I said to her one day, um, you know, you know how it is in ministry. And she looked at me and she goes, I've never had that kind of stuff happen. So as a result, I, I kind of went on a journey because I knew I probably had been wounded through some of that experiences. And I see my hardcore stuff from growing up was you just... Uh, work harder, and then you'll be okay. Just, you know, it'll be all right. And I realized I really wasn't. So I went on a journey, and I went on a journey with her as a, as a, uh, a leader and a counselor, and we worked at training, and I actually worked through a lot of my stuff with her. Well, they became, she was involved with a group of Shepherd's House in Van Nuys, California. And they were People that, and I had, because of the satanic thing, we had been in touch with them as well. Because they handled trauma. And the girls were in our church, and anyway, I don't want to even go into any of that. But we knew about Shepherd's House. So when I made that connection with her, then I went on a, I knew, girls, I'd found my purpose. I'd grown up with the Lord my whole life. Received him at a very young age, baptized in the Spirit. But when I knew that I found him as healer, I knew that I had found my place. Why? Because I had felt like being in the church, which was so amazing. I love my church. I have nothing bad to say about the church. Being in the church, I realized I had, there had been wounds in my soul that I had not healed. Yeah, I loved him. And he was very special to me. He was really my everything. But I realized I was broken in places that I didn't know how to fix. And so on that journey, that's when I really knew my mission. Because I thought, when I get healed, and when I am healing, I'm going to give this away. So in the course of that time, what they did was, um, very, we did inner healing, we trained with different ones, plus I, she, I had inner healing with her one-on-one, -on -one because partnership is really awesome when it comes to healing. It's really, we're, we're wounded by people and we get healed by people. It's the Lord, of course, but God uses people. And so we did, you know, we had people in our church that were trained and we uh, did a lot of, of training and counseling and this one group, the Shepherd's House, had a special attachment to this Acton Foursquare Church. It wasn't very big. It wasn't a very big church, but Acton wasn't very big. And when I saw what they did, I went, gosh, you're kind of a candlestick church. 
I mean, like you guys are here. Anyway, they did inner healing, but what they found out in the 90s was that inner healing, you want to know what the definition of inner healing is? It's getting Jesus to the wound, the place where you got hurt, and you get unstuck, and Jesus takes you out of it. Then you can move forward, okay? But what they found, and I had in our church at the time a Holocaust victim. Um, is that what you call him? Holocaust victim? Survivor. <laughs> I was going to say, victim doesn't sound right. Uh, survivor. And we just adored this woman. I thought, what a gift to have a Holocaust survivor in our church. But what we noticed was, and they were noticing it there too, was that people weren't thriving after they were healed. They didn't have the tools to be able to access the Lord in a way to know their identity and be able to thrive and survive. It's not okay just to survive. You want to thrive. It's what you want. So they started really... Um, Jim Wilder started doing a really big study, Jim Friesen, who worked with us at our church, and we were covered by him in the church when we were doing this. They started <clears throat> doing a lot of, Jim Wilder especially, doing brain, brain work of understanding, and here's the way he explains it, and I love it. He explained it at the Foursquare thing like this. <clears throat> he said, I knew Jesus was enough. Now, I'm probably not at all going to say it as adequate as he would. <clears throat> but he said, I noticed that if God created the brain a certain way, then there were certain ways that we needed to be able to approach that capacity in our brain to be able to move beyond the healing, but to move on beyond getting stuck or not being able to live life to the fullest and hear Jesus speak to us. And so... With that, then a few years went by, and all this stuff happened. And then I think really when the pandemic hit was when all of this started really coming out. Because during the pandemic, there was, you know, domestic violence. There were, you know, all the issues. Lots of addictions took place during then. There were a lot of things happening that um, needed attention. They had been doing this work, but it hadn't been really... Um, at least I had kind of lost touch with it because of the course my life took. And, but I was, always, I was always interested in, had been a part of the original book that they wrote, Living from the Heart Jesus Gave You. Well, that Living from the Heart Jesus Gave You talks about type A, type B traumas. Type, it doesn't talk about type C. That's a newer one. So I knew that I had loved the Lord my whole life growing up in church. I really had not rebelled. Uh, I hadn't had a period of time where I'd opened myself up. Uh, it wasn't, wasn't I was perfect, but I was too scared to do that. I didn't, never wanted to disappoint my mom. She'd already walked through plenty. And so um, I knew there was a key that I didn't have. And so that's why I want to introduce this to you today. It comes through our brain being able to... We have what's called the joy center of our brain. And that joy center is where... Trauma is stored, type A, type B. That's where when we can't make sense of things, it goes there. We may even forget we have it, all of that sort of thing. Anyway, we store it there. When they started working with opening the capacity, building the capacity of the brain 
to process fully brained and not shutting off a part of our brain, they found people thrived. And here's why. Because their mind was being renewed daily. They were walking with the Lord. They saw him with them. And when you start doing some of this, you go, you know, how many of you, be honest, how many of you see the Lord regularly with you? Every day, you see where he is with you. There are some, okay, that's awesome. You're in that place where your mind is being renewed every day because he is present with you and you sense his presence. So as a result, I knew that this was, again, the area I wanted to embrace and go into in these latter days of my life and latter days of what we're all facing. We know that we're facing places, times, events that are not going to be good for us. The church isn't going to be able to answer all the need. And you hear Jesus. And you're going to be able to give it away to other people. Because remember, we're supposed to be receiving and we're supposed to be giving. So, what I did is I put this together, one of the simplest forms to be able to begin to enlarge your brain capacity is to do it through appreciation. And you go, okay, we see that everywhere. We see thankful hearts, you know, you see it in marshals and you'll see the journals and all of that. Well, even the world is on to something. Isn't that wonderful? They just don't know it's Jesus. So, anyway... We've been doing this work. We have numerous Zoom, we have numerous groups doing it. We have a set free class for training. We just introduced the week one to do this work. It has taken off for them. So we do a lot by Zoom calls doing this. But you got groups here. I mean, you could do it here because there's keys to the way the brain works. And some of it is you go, well, you know, some people that have walked with the Lord a long time and it sounds kind of new agey. But it isn't new agey at all because it's all about Jesus. And it's all about you hearing him. You're not going, you know, there's not some other avenue you're taking. It's all about basically listening prayer and you hearing the Lord. And, you know, the Western church has moved away from that so much where you stand and teach. And people lost their ability to connect with the Father. And so now it's being really rejuvenated. And so I want to walk you through a little bit of that because I want you to experience how incredible it is. And I will tell you, um, you go, well, what does it do? Well, I'll tell you what it's done for me. You know how you live life and you're fine in here and we're worshiping and life's wonderful and you go out and someone in the family has something happen or they look at you wrong or they say the wrong word and you're done. You're just mad at them. You're just flat out mad. It's like, you know, I don't have time for this. By the way, you can't have, as your brain develops, there won't be any of that because you'll be living like Jesus did. Does Jesus get mad and act out of his flesh and sark and all of that? No, he doesn't. Now, he may be godly, you know, he may do that, he may correct, but he's not going to be acting fleshy. So, I noticed that as I had done this through Zoom calls and through just and I hate to use the word practice, but really that's what it is. And the, here's the way I want you to think about the practice. You don't know what you ate a week ago, but you know you ate. Okay? That's what this does to the brain. It is through repetition that you build this capacity to be able to stay in a joyful, 
Connected is what joy means. Glad to be with you. That's what joy means. Place even in chaos, even in crisis. So you don't dissociate. You don't go away. You don't, you're present. You feel it. But Jesus is with you and you sense it. The way I found it out, uh, for me, how it was helping was I remembered there were certain things that would, you know, during the day that John would do that bugged me. They just bugged me. Well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say anything, you know, I'd just kind of growl and, you know, I'd be kind of like, and I'd go, who am I? And then I'd be sorry, and I wouldn't say it to him, but I was sorry that I did it. Well, all of a sudden, he was doing the same stuff and it wasn't bugging me. And I went, wow, gee. And then the Lord said to me, it's because you're doing this work. Your brain capacity is being enlarged so you can handle the hard things. Okay, I know it doesn't seem like that makes much sense maybe to some of you, but I will tell you it's powerful, and I want to invite you to do it today. So we put together this little journal for you. And there's, and, and by the way, we're going to, I think, we're going to have groups to sign up if you're interested. We can, you can talk to Chana. We, we would be interested in working together. I've been working with some of the gals on doing this here as well, and I think they would probably have some things to say about how it's helped them too. But uh, consistency is really important. So I want you to take, uh, you're not, by the way, you're, when I'm walking you through this, I want you to only listen. I don't want you to write anything because when you're writing, it's left-brained. We're accessing your relational brain, which is your right brain. So your right brain is activated through connection with the father or people or stories or all those kinds of things, whereas your left brain takes in all the information. So even me telling you about this today will not help you. You'll have more understanding and more interest, but it's actually doing it that will help you. Now, they say this. They say if you do, just an appreciation, actually, Betsy, hand me your joy exercise book. I just made these up for my gals here. They're leading, um, by the way, Betsy and Ann are here, and they've been serving me, and I'm so blessed to have them as in my life at this season. But um, why did you give me this? <laughs> okay, there's, now I'm old. <laughs> I know there was a reason you gave me that. I'll come up with it in a minute. Okay. <laughs> okay, anyway. Got it. Okay. Whew, thank you, Lord. Could have been a week until I got it. Okay. Um, if you do this, appreciate something three times a day for five minutes for 30 days. Three things, three things a day for five minutes for 30 days, you've rewired your brain. And you go, ah, rewiring your brain sounds like, psycho. oh, I can't do that. I don't ever wear these, obviously. Um, it rewires your brain. And you can enjoy nature. One of my groups says this. They'll say, I never enjoyed nature until I started appreciating it. Okay? So... You go, well, why does this appreciation thing work? Because when you find something to appreciate, 
And it could be a memory. It can be a cup of coffee. It can be a beautiful flower. It can be a bird. We have cardinal birds in our yard right now. I don't think, girls, I ever appreciated nature. I just don't think I did. I knew it was there. But I'm telling you, I've had so much fun with those cardinal birds watching them and looking at the beauty of them. And this woman said to me, I never appreciated nature till I did this work. And God created nature. He created everything. Why haven't we done that? Because we haven't activated, used, appreciated, whatever, them. And when you do, here's the five keys to when you do an appreciation. Now, I'm going to walk you through it, so you'll just listen. But when you have a memory, let's say, um, just think of something that sound, that's pleasant to you. Um, maybe it's, I'll just, speak, I'll just speak one. It wouldn't probably be yours. But maybe you're at the beach, and you're enjoying the kids around you, grandkids or kids, or you're having a party, or you're having a baptismal. Okay. When that comes to your mind, you... Look at what you see. You listen for what you hear. You see if there's anything you can taste, like the food that maybe you brought to the beach. You smell. I have to think through the five senses. You smell the ocean breeze. You, uh, what's the other one? Touch. You're in the sand. You're laying on a blanket. You're in a chair and you touch the sand and it goes through your fingers. When you remember those things, you've turned on your relational circuits to your brain for you to connect. And when you do that, you're open then to hear what the Lord would say to you and also what people would say. So, you know, have you, you I, I doubt any of you have ever walked through this, but you know, when a couple is fighting, and you're standing watching it or hearing it. There's one couple we're working with right now on Zoom. It's unbelievable. You can't even break in. And you go, you're acting like children. That's because they are. They are. They are children. That's what's going on. But when you bring this piece into them, all of a sudden their relational circuits open up. So when you're in conflict, walk away. Take a time out. How many of us had timeouts with kids? Go get your time out and figure it out. Well, now we can maybe help them figure out what they're feeling. So you go away, you take a time out, you do breathing. That's why, because now here's the key breathing, your body is the canvas of your brain. So whatever you're sensing in your body is going on in your brain. So you breathe. And that, that activates the vagus nerve that then goes from, the vagus nerve goes from the base of your neck clear through your whole body. It goes to every organ. So when you activate your vagus nerve, and it can be done like by yawning, turning your head, yawning. In fact, have you ever done that? And then the person in the room starts to do it too? That's because they're attuning to you. Something is happening with the brain there because there's power in attunement. That's one reason I had you breathe today. Did you get it? Probably not. But my point is, when we attune together, it's called mutual mind. And it's through that Jesus lets us be at that level. But there's practical ways the way the brain works that allows that to happen. 
Uh, so, when you activate the brain through the senses, then, and you've taken time away, I, let me go back to the conflict thing. You take time away, you, take, you set a time, give me 10 minutes, and we'll come back and talk about this. Because you know how that is, you could never come back. That, that, sometimes that happens. You go away, and you quiet yourself by breathing. You find something to appreciate. And you go, oh, come on, we're in the middle of a fight. Come on, find something to appreciate. It might be your little child. It might be a remembrance of a time they came up and laughed and just hugged your leg. It might be, like I said, a cup of coffee. It might be this whole list that's in this book. Like Thanksgiving. Like a special time when you enjoyed being together for Thanksgiving. It can be anything. And sometimes you'll go, when you're doing it, you'll go, oh my gosh, what if I don't get anything? What if I don't? That's why you have the joy book. <laughs> if, and sometimes you don't. If you're too tired, you won't get anything. Then you just need to rest and sleep. But generally speaking, you can always find something to appreciate. And when you do, you look at what you saw. What did you smell? What did you taste? What did you hear? And what were you touching? And then, when I'm going to walk you through it, then that will ask the Lord to tell you something about that time, or where was he with you in that appreciation? And then, Lord, what would you want me to know today? I guarantee you, you'll come back in conflict, and you'll be able to work through it. If you both have done that, or, or the group or whatever has done that, you'll be able to work through conflict and hear the Lord in it. Why do I say that it is important for today? Because of what we're facing. There's extreme chaos, there's anxiety, there's depression. There's all these things that are going on in people that if we can just help them get to Jesus, <laughs> makes me cry. Just get them to Jesus through an appreciation because he's no respecter of persons. So are you ready to do one? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk you through it. I don't want you, I want, I want you just to listen to the Lord. And then I will give you a time to write afterwards. So do you all have pencils? Okay, or pens. I act like I'm a teacher. You have your Ticonderoga pencil? I guess those others aren't any good anymore. Anyway, um, okay. So I want you to put your feet flat on the floor. Feet flat on the floor, get comfortable. And I think what we'll do for breathing, there's a number of breathing exercises you can do. Um, I think what we'll do with this one is, I want you to first, for the first couple ones, just take a deep breath through your nose. And let me tell you about it first, and then we'll do it. And then we'll hold our breath, for, we'll blow, uh, um, inhale for four, Hold for four and blow out for six and rest for four. So I'll kind of lead you in that, but then I'm going to want you just to do it on your own. And then we'll add in another piece. So get comfortable. You have to kind of be relaxed. Kind of think about your body for a minute. Just is it relaxed or is it tense or tight? See how your head is doing and your neck. We carry a lot of tension in our back and in our neck. See if you can kind of relax. And now take a 
a deep breath, count to four through your nose. Hold it for four. Blow out for six. Rest for four. Do one more with you. Inhale for four. Hold for four. Blow out a candle for six. Pursing your lips is really important. You go, that's silly. I can just keep my mouth shut and do this. But pursing your lips is really important. It helps turn on the vagus nerve. Now, you do two of those on your own. And just see what it feels like to inhale into your body through your nose. And as you blow out, see what your body does. Just kind of be aware of what your body does. And then rest for four. Kind of move your shoulders around. Do a couple more. Now this time when you inhale, I want you to say, I receive. Hold it. And blow out saying, I release. And then just one more deep breath, and then we're, I'm going to lead you to something else. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful you're with us. You're always with us. And we say that, Lord, but oftentimes we don't see you with us or sense your presence or However you created us to know you're with us, we don't experience that. So today, Lord, we just invite you to come and be with us in a way that we can see you, feel you, or understand that you're with us. You don't sense him or feel him or see him. Just take a deep breath. You'll get, it's practice, remember. You'll get better at it. Jesus, we thank you for being with us today. Lord Jesus, would you bring us up to our memory a time that we experienced joy? Maybe it's a memory, Lord. Bring to each of us a time that we experience joy.
or happiness, just being, having life together, and it was good. In a memory. And as you have that memory, just take it all in. Settle in and enjoy it. Notice what you see. Notice what you hear. Notice what you taste, if there was food. Notice the smell. What touch would be there? Just, again, settle in and enjoy every part of it. Lord Jesus, as we're there and enjoying that, what would you want us to know about that memory? And Lord, what would you want us to know today? What would you speak to us today? And maybe you can give a two or three word title to that memory.
and just sit in his presence until he's done. And when you're done, it's okay, take your time. Just look up. I don't want to interrupt your time with the Lord. Okay. Now, I want you to take your little book, and I'm going to tell you what I want you to write down. I'm going to tell you, this is always such a wonderful time for the person leading this, because you see the Lord speak and tears flow. It's wonderful. So here's what you're going to write down. Write down the title. Just make these headings so you know. Title, colon. The memory, colon. What the Lord said about the memory. And what he shared with you today. Write those four things down. I'll give you time to do that.
And as you're done with that, you don't have to rush it. I want you to take your time. But you might just sit there as you're done and thank him for that. Thank him for speaking to you. Some are still writing. We have our prolific writers. We have ones that have many words and ones that have short words. All are okay. <laughs> if you're done, just sit and enjoy that memory. Now, oh, I hate to interrupt when people are writing. A couple minutes more. Most of you are done now. Um, now I want you to just kind of take note of what you feel in your body right now. Just kind of notice. Is it different? Is it the same? It could be. I'm just, it's just a question. My hunch is you're probably a little more relaxed. Okay. Now, here's the, here's the key. The key for finishing the circuitry in the brain is by sharing it with someone else. I wonder if that's not why God created, or man, created testimonies. <laughs> it's really probably what testimonies were supposed to be about. So, we're going to have a time where you share it with somebody. I want you to be comfortable with it. Go to someone. If you can share next to you, that's great. If not, you can go to someone that you know in the room or you want to share with. Um, when you're in group on Zoom, you don't know anybody. And it works great. I'll have to tell you. It just works great. But as you've gotten to know each other, you're so bonded. Oh, my goodness. This work bonds you so together. It's amazing. So... Um, First of all, is there anyone that would want to share what that experience was like for you? Betsy, I may call on you, so be thinking. This has been powerful work for Betsy especially. She's really, um, I think it's, you know how I think God just lays stuff on your heart? And I think that's one for her that the Lord's going to use in her life. 
And um, she went to the mission field and taught this. That's what she did. And what was the Philippines? Yeah. And uh, it was amazing how even cross-culturally we, we translated it into, what was it? Yeah. And it worked. And she said, I said, how did you know it was effective? And she said, because people were crying. When you hear the Lord, you cry. Because you kind of feel special. Because then you go, well, goodness, he's talking to me, but he's talking to her too. It's amazing. Yes, it is. Is there a mic that I can use for Betsy? And then if anybody else would like to share, and then I just have one more thing after this, but... Yeah, it's up to you. You can just stand down there if you want, or if you want to come up, you can do it there. Do we have anybody to? Oh, there we go. Turn her on. When Marty talked about the Set Free class, we did it at our church uh, last fall. And that's when she introduced this whole concept. And um, I ran with it. I, I really was touched by the, I think, one of the very first ones we did in um, our class together. And I've continued to do it since October. And it has made such a difference in my walk with Jesus. I came to the Lord as a 14-year-old, um, never looked back. Um, but I didn't have a lot of confidence a lot of times to know that the Lord was speaking to me about something. And in doing these appreciations, I have really learned to hear Father's voice in a very <laughs> different way, a very personal way, a very special way, and it's, it's been wonderful, um, and as Marty said, that uh, got a chance to um, make a, another short-term missions trip back to the Philippines, uh, same organization that I had been with before, but because of the pandemic, I hadn't been there in five years, and we translated all of the exercise instructions and all of the feeling words and sense words into Tagalog for them. And it was amazing to see that it's not a Western thing. <laughs> it's not an Eastern thing. It's a God thing. Yeah, that's right. And... Um, I was really touched, one of the gals that happened to be in the service, who was part of the organization, put up a Facebook appreciation this last week. And so I got to hear, she got this idea, and she put her appreciation on her Facebook. And so I was able to touch base and just kind of remind her that last piece, Jesus, what do you want to say about that memory? And what do you want to tell me today? That's really mm -hmm. key in making that full circle loop about the whole idea. Thank you, Betsy. Awesome.
Gee, I'd hate to ask her to prepare. <laughs> she did really good. Okay. Now, the key is sharing. Here's the deal. You go, oh, gosh. You know how some people just rabbit trail? You don't want to rabbit trail. Because it isn't about rabbit trailing or going off on other stories that you think are important. What's important is to share what you saw, what you felt, and the important parts of that. Not all the time are you going to have all five senses. You're not eating sand on the beach. You know, you don't do that. So if you didn't have food, you don't eat sand. So if you did, there's something wrong with you. And that probably wasn't the Lord. <laughs> so just saying. So you're going to share the important parts of that with the person and what the Lord spoke to you. And, um, and again, the important part of that, because when you do that, it completes a full cycle in the brain and you have fully, fully relationally processed with your brain. Otherwise, without doing these kinds of things with the senses, your brain is not fully activated. God made us to have those senses for a reason. Okay? You go, gosh, there's, it just doesn't kind of connect. Yeah, it does. Once you do it, it connects. And your body, I was totally out of touch with my body. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't have told you what my body was going through for, I would, you know. So it's been really healthy. It increases your health because you find out, you go, oh, oh, gee, I did have a pain there. Oh, I breathed into it and went away. Hmm, wonder how long I've had that pain. <laughs> you know, you just breathing and doing a body scan is huge because we are made up of body, soul, and spirit. First Thessalonians 5.23 says, I pray that you present your body, soul, and spirit blameless when I return. So it's biblical. So take a minute to share, and we'll give you like five minutes. So two and a half minutes each. You don't have to share a lot. Share what you want to share, but keep it concise. Women can be really wordy. And men can be too. A lot of men can really be. I have a husband that's very wordy. He's very, he's very right-brained. He's relational. So you just have to kind of tell, follow the prompts and just give what you had. I mean, give to them what you received. I'll give you about five or six minutes. All right. Good job, gals. How was that for you? Do you feel better? A lot of times people say they feel more at peace. They feel more... So you think about anxiousness and anxiety. You can give this away to people you know. Do it. It's really important. Anytime you have anxiety, if you can cause there to be a distraction, and when we meet, if we can find something to appreciate and the Lord starts to... Or you open up those, those five senses it will immediately pull them out of anxiety. So I, uh, and I also want to say, you know, well, I've had a lot of wounding in my life, and so what do I, how do I weigh that with this? They say if you do this and consistently do it, which I love it. You know what our set free class said the other night? We love it because we're not dwelling on the past. We're dwelling on the Lord being with us and we're moving on and it's doing something in our brain. Okay, so with that, I want to say, if you've had a lot of wounding, practice this. And, and you say, well, I'm not very good at it. That's okay. You'll get better. Just keep doing it. We had a little gal the other night in class, and she said, 
right away they were so vulnerable. It was like, wow, we're 25 of them. And she said, well, I didn't hear the Lord at all. I, it must be me. She was the last one to share. I didn't hear him at all. She came back the next week and she goes, okay, I heard him every day. I realized I'd been hearing him and didn't realize it was him. That should tell you something. He longs to be with you. He longs to be with you. Okay, then I'm done here. I think I have five minutes. I gave you this piece because we've talked about identity. And I don't know about you, but until I really knew at 48 what I was supposed to do in life, that what God had really was equipping me to do and also healing me from, I realized that was my call. So then you go, you go to a conference and we hear the Lord is our identity. Uh, he loves us like we are. Uh, we want to invest and grow in him. Um, we want to experience his love. But you walk away and you go, well, I still don't know if I know my identity. So I made a stab at putting something together here for you. And I, this is not something you will fill out today. This is going to take you a little bit of time. But I just want you to see that you have DNA from the Father, that you were made in his image, and then you have DNA from the Father that you were created in likeness. Likeness is being able to grow in him. In, in his image, but it, it requires kind of you, okay, to grow in that likeness. It's relational. Then you have your family of origin, and right there you go, oh boy, oh boy. Well, let me tell you, when the Lord showed me, the day the Lord showed me, I had a spiritual inheritance from my father that was good. That was a revolutionary day for me. When the Lord said, he just didn't live it out. That doesn't mean you don't get it. You get to get it. So you have an inheritance from your ancestors, from your family. And, you know, for the ones that had great parents, I have a guy we know that had just most awesome parents. I, I'm telling you, it's like he's a saint. He doesn't struggle with anything, and he's always in prayer and all that. And I would look at him, and I go, Lord, there must be something in there. He is human. But at the same time, his wife had a terrible past. So he's been able to help walk her through it. That's the other piece. But you have an inheritance that's a good inheritance from your family. You change it. You get with this kind of work and determining that you're changing the pattern. Like the little hairdresser the other day said to me, I can touch the bad, but I don't stay there. I go to back to the good. Okay, so you have an inheritance. So then there's questions. So what, what are your innate gifts? What are the things you're drawn to? You know how some people are just natural speakers? They're just good at it. Kind of makes you mad. They didn't do anything to be good, but they are good. Um, or they are an automatic musician. They can play. They didn't take lessons. They didn't do anything. I think a lot of autistic people are like that as well. They just have exceptional gifts. All those things are part of who you are and your identity. So, and what skills have you learned? What are the things that uh, you've acquired through the years um, or are going into that are going to help shape your identity? Um, what education have you had? Education will help. It's not a stumbling block. You don't have to have it, but it's going to form who you are. So happenings in your life are, ex are important, and life experiences, because they shape our lives too. And then, what are the Father's attributes in me? What are the things that I absolutely cherish? 
Um, like, you know, am I secure? Am I diligent? Uh, you know, some people might not have empathy for others. It wouldn't be as important. And yet empathy is huge. But um, am I kind? It kind of does a, a check on your character. Are you after the father heart's character in your life? Or it kind of makes you think what you want to be important in your life. All of these are important, but we're probably not going to walk in them all the time. And some are going to be more important than others at, you know, as you're kind of figuring this out. But then, as the, here's the piece. As a result of the above characteristics, I value compassion, kindness, authenticity. What do you highly value out of that list? And then, uh, what do you absolutely love to do? I love this one. What gives you oxygen? That's the easiest way to tell what your giftings are. Now, I'm going to tell you, ladies, do not give me a sewing machine. Do not give me one. It ain't going to work because my mom told me it's her fault. I'll blame her. Kidding. She said, Marty, if you can't make it in 30 minutes, don't even try. Just quit. Well, that's the way I feel about it. So sewing is not a part of me. It's just not. So those are the kinds of things I'm talking about. It does not give me oxygen. But other things do. I love to cook. I love to play piano. I love to, you know, have classes. I love to do this work. Those are kinds of things that you're equipped to do by nature, okay? And then, what do you value about people? I think this one's really important. I believe people should be honored, respected, accepted. What do you feel about that? Because what you feel about that is what you're going to want for yourself. And then, um, I dislike it when people are shamed or rude or that. And then, uh, this is the part I just wanted to, and I'm almost done. The enemy does not want you to thrive in your purpose or call. So identifying the places the enemy has tried to shut you down, I guarantee you it's part of your purpose. John 10.10, 10, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. In that order, by the way. Sometimes they'll get them backwards. But they steal first. The enemy steals first. And then he kills. And then he ultimately destroys you. He annihilates you. So you're, but he, Jesus says, my purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. Take back those places the enemy wants to take you out. And then this is a great, I think, way to remember part of your purpose until my pain becomes someone else's gain. I haven't lived my purpose. Think about that. Again, you're giving life away. You're connecting. Life isn't perfect. And so when you give it away, when you give your pain away and tell somebody how you made it through, that's when you've lived some of your purpose. And then what are the places in my life where Satan has wounded me? You can count on, you know, like for instance, if you're to be a speaker and you lose your voice. John, my, my husband, he was, uh, he's an opera singer. His third generation, by the way. And he went three times to try out for the opera. And three years in a row, he had such bad laryngitis, he couldn't sing. Now you go, well, now how do you measure that? Well, probably if he'd have been an opera singer, he wouldn't have been in ministry. So the Lord used it, but he also was aware that it was a gift. Okay, so, and then in viewing... All of the above, I believe my purpose is, and then I gave you an example. I live to bring glory to my Lord, Jesus, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, through consistent worship, 
be, by my praise and in my life to cultivate a life of intimacy with God and to equip women and men for ministry through the power of the Holy Spirit. Write your own statement out. It'll help give you parameters. Otherwise, in the church or in life, you know, if you're a server, and remember, you could serve out of wrong reasons. I did. I'm sure maybe Tammy did too. Because, see, I saw everything as good because I wanted to be good. I wanted to rise above. So, you know, I would do it all. And then I would be kind of, I, what's my purpose? I do it all. I don't know. But then I had to sort through and find out what my passion was and what I valued. So this is just a stab at you being able to figure out what God has called you to do. And I want to say this. You're the only one that can do what God really has called you to do. Remember that. And you go, well, that puts a lot of responsibility. Well, I'm sure God will get his job done. But you're the one that he chose you. So you're a chosen, treasured person, woman of God. Rise up and be who you are, ladies. Thank you.